Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bent with the Chris and Sandy Show. We'll get up close and personal with some amazing guests throughout the entertainment industry. And today we got an exciting show for you. Yes. We've got um, Dan Williams and Gavin Roan coming on. They are the creators of AVTR, a, a girl group, digital group, you could say. So yeah, yeah kind of like um, digital versus humans. We're going to talk about that because I'm always, I'm curious about where this goes in the yes, future. Yes, this will um, be interesting. Um, we, we wanted to have them on because it's a little different and all mm -hmm. that. But we're going to talk about their stories too because I think it's so important to get the people behind the group too. It is. So mm -hmm. Dan and Gavin, welcome to the show. Yes, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having Thank me. Thank you, Chris and Sandy. Great to be here. It's our pleasure to have y'all here. And, and if y'all have listened to any of our shows, you know I start out exact same way. Um, we're in a rough time right now for mm -hmm. everything, which I think is where the digital thing really comes in. Oh, effect, yes. right? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> but how has COVID affected y'all? And what have y'all done to kind of maneuver around it outside of AVTR? Yeah, I'll just go first and talk about Panjandrum, our company. And then Gavin can, Gavin can also talk about being a music artist, artist during COVID and things like that. Uh, you know, we started Panjandrum AI Incorporated. Uh, well, it was me, Gavin, and Quinton. And we, you know, we made a decision October 3rd of 2019 in a parking lot. We said, okay, we're, we're, wow. we're making an avatar girl group because we got yeah. some feet. We got some feedback uh, with somebody that we met with that that was like a hot idea. So that's when we, that's when we locked in. That was before COVID. Um, and, um, you know, COVID has accelerated uh, our business, you know, so, <laughs> so you know, we were, uh, uh, we were building the ark before the uh, dew point even said that rain was coming, right? But that's true. Then, yeah, right. Uh, so, so that's been great. Um, however, uh, during this time, we've also, uh, we, we do have a lot of, uh, we have singers, we have songwriters and things like that. Uh, so there, there was a time last spring when nothing much was happening for anyone. And we just said, okay, let's make more songs uh, just to keep ourselves busy uh, during, during this time. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great time for avatars. Uh, maybe not the same for real people, but uh, get, uh, I'm in Seattle, Washington area, by the way. Gavin is in Los Angeles. Uh, go ahead, Gavin. Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we've uh, pretty much to piggyback off of uh, what Dan said, we started off, uh, we kind of made a pact uh, in a parking lot, had gotten some phenomenal feedback from a good friend of ours and uh, uh, someone we, we esteem that's had his hand in the AI uh, world for a while, and, and we kind of decided to move forward. Uh, and, and, and the way we've maneuvered uh, during these times, it's really interesting. It's, it's, it's amazing how, uh, you know, survival mode kind of kicks in when, when uh, rough times come around. Uh, yep. and we, just, we, just, we just got creative, you know, and, and me being a vocal producer as well, you know, I, I've been vocal producing uh, the girls behind the voices uh, over the phone and over Zoom and uh, uh, over voice notes over the phone is it's amazing and, and just giving them I'm literally singing the songs and and, and giving them the ad libs and the tones and fluently literally vocal producing them over the phones and they're they're uh, uh, emanating and copying pretty much what I'm giving them uh, in the oh, studios okay. that they're in uh, and 
it, it's been pretty cool. And Quentin, he produces the, he'll make the music by himself uh, here in the studio. And then, you know, he'll send me over what it, it's just, we've, we've all kind of modified and adjusted to what's going on. And, and we have to in order to keep the party rolling, you know? And that's like, for us, you know, we started this show um, January 3rd of 2020, you know, so a couple yeah. months before right COVID before started. The and, you know, our original plan was like a hundred interviews first year. I thought, you know, and I thought that was stretching it, to be honest with you. I thought if we did a hundred interviews, we would be a solid show for the first year. And then COVID happens. And I remember telling Sandy, oh, this may be our time to shine. Because <laughs> artists, entertainers, actors, all that are going to need a place to talk with everything yeah. slowing down. And we're going to give that to them. And because of that, we did over 300 interviews last year. Wow. Yeah. So COVID kind of exploded everybody, us like it did y'all. Yes. Yeah. Everybody had time to talk. Yeah. yeah. That's it. <laughs> and, and what the craziest part is, you know, when, when COVID first happened, I told Sandy, you know, before COVID, I was reaching out to all, you know, not to anybody big at all. And after COVID, I was like, you know, they might be willing to say yes. <laughs> and, and, and sure enough, we've had people like Randy Travis. You know, we've had Ali Brook. You know, we've had the legendary actor Ed Asner come on this show. So all of a sudden now, even as we're starting to hope this year come out of COVID, our show is done built now a really solid foundation to where now people want to come on the show because, oh, look who's been on. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> wow. I I think it's a, it, it's also a time where you know COVID is the great equalizer for celebrities and mm -hmm. things like that. You see them without the fancy makeup and lighting; they're in their own home like everybody else. Right. Uh, so, it, and plus, uh, the younger people, Generation Z, uh, they just want authenticity. You know, so it, mm -hmm. it's uh, so I think that probably a lot of your guests just wanted to get real and to be accessible and things like that uh you know I, I i think during this time just the notion of celebrity might be changing yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, with uh with things like TikTok, etc uh you know uh it's fame is something that's wide open you don't have to be on tv per se and so it's and you can accidentally find yourself in fame. Like, I, you know, there yeah. was a girl that I watched on TikTok, Miss Sutherland. And yeah. all she did was talk about, she's a, um, um elementary school teacher. And she would get on there and talk about things you're not taught in school. Just things that the kids would say yeah, that kind of blow your stories. mind. Like, you know, and they were just crazy stories. And she ended up going viral. And wow. now she's got her whole li a line of her um um, wear and all that. So, you know, you, you just never know what's going to happen in this crazy digital yeah. world. Yeah. Now, one question I do have for y'all, um, since it's almost like machine versus human, you know, everybody play, has played into that since oh, 20, yes. 30 years. Books, movies. Where do you see that going with music then, since y'all are kind of in the middle of that? Um, what is that like, that, that versus human? Well, I think first, uh, from our perspective, to bring, just to bring it back to reality, um, oh. our avatars right now—they're just digital puppets. Yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, they're they're 3D models. They're rigged so that they have bones. They can <laughs> uh, they can they can dance around. 
Um, but somebody has to make them sing and dance. Yeah, you know, right. Things like that. Oh, cool. However, you know, it how how much longer is it going to be that way? Right. Um, there there are a lot of other companies in the space of what we call like virtual beings, virtual okay. uh, virtual humans. Um, and you're familiar with the idea of deepfake, right? That's that's where you you can uh, just generate a face, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, think about this. Uh, probably five years from now, there'll be like AI generated video. Mm. Right? Uh, wow. mm -hmm. uh, so then at that point, the computer, you know, the algorithm is making up a TV show just for you that you might like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, oh, wow. and nobody, there's no people in it. Uh, you know that. Wow. So there are a lot of crazy scenarios out there. It leaves it leaves the rest of us to wonder. Uh, you know, I hope there's I hope there's room for us. I hope that our, <laughs> I hope that our computer overlords enjoy, <laughs> enjoy us as pets. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yep, kind of like the matrix and I robots and all yeah. that. You know, you're like, yeah. you know, you don't want to be overtaken. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. absolutely. Not. And, uh, to be honest, and to be honest, like, you know, yeah. with, I think the pandemic is going to help a lot of people too, where there is no live shows right now and not, or, and or small ones. Yeah. They're going to be so wanting live shows. Oh, I think yeah. that's where the yeah. human existence will become the most. I think, um, you know, if you haven't if you haven't booked your travel for second half of 2021 and beyond, you know, get on it because mm -hmm. when this thing's over, there's, people are gonna. I I think people are gonna have a lot of isolation to get out of their system when this. No, yeah, definitely. Make yeah. your plans. Make your plans early. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know that that's about what happened. If you think about it, that's what happened back in um, with 1918, the pandemic. You know. Sandy did some research on pandemics yeah. and she found that most pandemics last two years. That's just yeah, what they did. And years. the one in 1918 created the roaring twenties. I believe yeah. people were so yeah. cooped up for those two years hmm. that all of a sudden for the next 10 years, they, they just spent money and spent money and spent money, which then eventually led into depression. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I could see that. I can see that happening again. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us um, a little bit of both of y'all's story. You know, you can start, Dan, kind of where yeah. you came from. Background. Kind of backstory. Yeah, you bet. Um, I, uh, I'm originally from uh, New England, and uh, I moved out to Seattle uh, in 1988 to work at a little company called Microsoft. Um, and... Uh, so I, I was in the software industry for about 15 years, um, and uh, I had a previous uh, uh, startup of my own uh, about 15 years ago, uh, and uh, this is my second startup idea. I just became interested in music uh, in around uh, 2010. Um, people, people said, hey, Dan, you have a voice for radio. Uh, and Let's stop uh, you real quick, Gavin. I, um, I think your mic is I, is messing up yeah, a little Gavin, bit. Gavin, maybe try hitting the mute at least while I'm talking. See if that helps for a few minutes. Yes. Yeah, sounds like it's Gavin's mic. Um, 
So uh, I, uh, I was reading a newspaper article in 2010 uh, about a local man who won uh, a, a nationwide karaoke contest. And some somehow it hit me. I was like, that's for me. You know, wow. so wow. Uh, uh, I had no prior music training or experience. So I had a I had a brief uh, competitive karaoke career, um, and through that process, I ended up managing a singer. Um, and the singer really he didn't need my help singing; he just needed my help with his life. Um, oh, wow. And and I did a lot I did a lot for him. Um, and then we made some songs um, for him, and that's how I met I met Quentin Davis, who's our third co-founder. He's 20 feet away from Gavin right now, but he's not uh, on this call. Um, so I met Quentin in 2013, and then we just enjoyed each other. We kept, we stayed in touch. Um, and then uh, when I became uh, free from doing anything else in 2019, we decided to start this company. And then uh, that's how I met Gavin. Uh, Gavin, uh, Gavin and I both have known Quentin since about, uh, 2013. Um, and so that's, that's how the three of us yeah. came together. Although Gavin and I, you know, are, you know, now, uh, brothers and friends as well. So, so yeah, Gavin, you want to go ahead? Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, I, I got my start in the music business. The, 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 the uh, my, my story is a bit, uh, it's got a few turns and twists in it. Uh, so I, I started off singing in church in Kansas City, where my where I was born and raised. And I come from a family of singers. My mom was singing, my dad. My mom and dad uh, were recording an album when they were pregnant with me. And uh, oh, wow. one day when my when my dad was, uh, was, in the, was in the sound booth while he's recording, they're recording vocals. And he just, he just looked at my mom and said, you want to start a family? And she was like, yeah, and that was it. <laughs> they, got they, were, they were 16 years old. <laughs> they got, they got married at 17 and, and, you know, that was, that was the end of their music career, you know? Uh, yeah. But then, yeah. But then I came out and uh, they said, I cried too much. I assume I was singing. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, I, 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 you know, I came out and uh, by the time I was about, um, I could say about 14 years old, uh, me and my cousins, my brother and my sister, we had been offered our first record deal, a local deal in, in, oh, wow. in uh, Kansas mm -hmm. City, as we had created a a, 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 a band, a group uh, uh, as teenagers. Uh, and uh, everybody in the band signed the contract. All their parents signed the contract. My mom, she said, Gavin, do you want to do this? And I said, you know, I'm, I'm flattered that we were offered a deal, but I don't think I want to do it. I think there's something greater out there. So everybody's name was on the paperwork, but mine. Uh, I just, I was just, I just used that as an indication that I was on the right path. Uh, yeah. So I continued on singing, went on recording demos, and uh, I, I uh, started recording by myself. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, he, he, he had lost. He, he had, he had this full-on studio at his house. His girlfriend, uh, she was a phenomenal singer, songwriter. And uh, they broke up. And when they broke up, he no longer had anybody to record on his equipment. So he called this 14-year-old kid uh, and asked me if I could come in and, and sing on his equipment every weekend. So oh, wow. I found myself yeah. in his studio every weekend recording music. Well, 
as I started recording music every weekend, I would always be uh, uh, anxious to let my friends hear my music uh, mm -hmm. after the session was over. So I would have a new demo every weekend. And so uh, eventually, by the time I got to about, uh, by the time I got to about 17 years old, I cultivated a significant amount of songs by then. You could imagine, right? If I'm recording every weekend. So by now, now my friends every weekend are like, Gab, you got a new song? And I'm like, yeah, here you go. <laughs> so lo and behold, eventually my songs started to circulate outside of the state of Kansas. And uh, one day I got a random phone call uh, from Babyface. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Somehow my music had circulated and, and, and had uh, transitioned out to Los Angeles uh, and, and landed on his desk with my name on it and my mom's home phone number on it. Uh, might, have, might have been his mom, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I was at, at my mom's house. So he called my mom's house and uh, we, we thought it was a prank call. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, we, we didn't believe it was really him, but it mm -hmm. was. He had management on the phone, and uh, and we asked him, how did he get my number? How did he get the music? And he said, he doesn't know. He said one of the maids just, the song is, the, the CD was left on his desk, and the maids never threw the CD away. They were supposed to, <laughs> but they did it. <laughs> so, uh, and he popped it in one night after a long day at the studio, and he said, man, I heard this this song you wrote and it's phenomenal and I want to bring you out and make you the lead singer of a boy band. Well, that boy band just happened to be a fan, a, a band that I was a fan of. Uh, and, and, uh, the lead singer had just decided to pull out and go solo. So they needed oh, wow. someone to fill his slot and they called me. So, um, oh, wow. yeah. So I was about 18 years old at that point. I was working at General Motors. I didn't want to lose lose my job because my mom always told me to secure yourself with a great job. You can get a great, buy yourself a nice car and a nice home. You know, so I said, well, I set out to do that. And I, I was doing pretty well, saving my cash. And, you know, for Kenny, I call him Kenny, for him to call me and, and, and he com completely demolished my plans with this phenomenal opportunity. And I said, well, I asked him, he said, Gab, we can bring you out. And put you in this boy band and, and and they already have a following they've already won awards and toured the world with everybody uh, wow. they need a lead singer now i said kenny do i have to quit my job i had no idea i was talking to a billionaire and he said yeah you, you, you have to quit your job and i was like okay can yeah. you give me, i said can you give me a month i'll call you back I'll, I'll have an answer i'll have an answer for you in a month i had no idea who i was talking to do you know he actually called me back in a month? Wow. He called me oh, back wow. a month later and said, hey, Gab, we're still waiting. Are you are you ready? I <laughs> so said, he could have replaced it, but he wanted you. I said, I saved up a few thousand dollars. I think I could come now. So I got on the plane, and ever since then, it's been history. We signed our first record deal with Def Jam. We toured oh, wow. the world with Britney Spears and NSYNC and uh, – I mean, B2K, IMX, everybody you could possibly imagine. We, we usher, um, we, we, we've done music videos and cartoons and all that good stuff. And, uh, uh, we did a movie with Jessica Alba called honey. Uh, we shot that in Canada. Uh, we did the proud family cartoon on Disney where, where the, 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 the episode was based on us, the group and, uh, uh, the proud family characters getting to 
our show. That's the whole <laughs> premises of the whole episode. And uh, so I, I played myself. Um, and then uh, and then Clive Davis uh, offered me a solo deal. Uh, and I said, Clive, you know, I'm a church boy from Kansas City. Uh, and and, and uh, I'm still getting acclimated to this music business you guys got here. I'm not totally uh, comfortable yet. Uh, if you could sign my group, that'd be great. If not, I totally understand. And he said, you know what, Gavin? <laughs> We like you enough. We'll actually buy your group out of your deal from Dev Jam and sign you to wow. new records. And, uh, and 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 so we did the same thing all over again with Clive. Uh, <laughs> Clive, that was another five-year run. So we're looking at a ten-year time span of just pretty much partying hard. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, we we had a, we had a blast. Uh, over the years, I was able to cultivate a lot of relationships uh, behind the scenes in front of the scenes, gaining a lot of respect in the music business, delivering on time, uh, being the first one to show up, the last one to leave. Uh, and, and people just found that attractive and I became more, you know, people people depended on me. And, uh, you know, I was just uh, reliable, you know? And uh, so I met Quentin uh, in a studio, uh, a good friend of mine, he was the, his production company was, uh, uh, they had won producer of the year maybe five consecutive times. Uh, and and uh, Quentin had sent his demo in and they said, hey, we'll take a meeting with you. And so they he flew out and met with him. Well, that day, I happened to be in the wow. studio writing with them. These guys did Whitney Houston. They did the entire soundtrack for Dreamgirls. They've done everything. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so I just happened to be in the studio when Quentin showed up that day to meet these guys. And so uh, me and Quentin got acquainted that day and we became really cool. We hit it off that day. And ever since then, we've been really cool. And he introduced me to Dan and here we are today. <laughs> like Susan said, destiny. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and, but, but you know, a lot of people, when they hear that story, they would think of, wow, that came easy. And I want to talk about the other side of it, because as you know, you know, a lot of people, they see the glory of like a Blake Shelton, of an Ariana Grande, um, of a Madonna. But they, they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the struggles, the tears that it takes, not just to get to their level, but even a career level within entertainment. And I think nobody talks about this. So I always want to talk about this. Um, on our show because I think it's one of the most important things out there. I'm going to tell a quick story and then I'm going to get y'all's thoughts on it. Back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls. And at that time, they were full-time with music. And <clears throat> I'll never forget, the, I asked Allison what advice she'd given up-and-coming artists. And she said, this will sound funny coming from someone full-time. And she was right. I thought it was crazy at first. <laughs> but she said, if you can, if you can see yourself doing something else, Go do that and just keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you want it to be a career, everything changes. Everybody around you kind of owns a piece of you. You no longer own your own life, even though it's your life. Your friends and relatives never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But when you're in that grind mode, you can't say, you got to say no to everything except music almost. It's got to become your life if you're going to make it to the top. Then, you know, then there's going to be days you're just miserable. But you still got to get on that stage and smile like there's no tomorrow. But then she added, but if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, then go all in. Because the only way that those kind of sacrifices could ever be worth it 
What do y'all think of what she said? Let's talk about that side of it. Not just the not just the sacrifice side as an artist, but the sacrifice side as an LA um, business too. You know, the uh, I was thinking about this while Gavin was talking, and uh, you know, at that phase of Ga uh, Gavin never had a hard time. Uh, at, at that early at that early phase of his career you know he he uh he was he was working at general motors with his family making he was he was going to be able to buy his own house he's very diligent uh he's very reliable uh and then when he went right out to la uh babyface's team took care of him and he was right into a record deal so those were some good years you know uh i think there is this thing in life for a lot of people. I'll just call it the Britney Spears problem. You know, uh, <laughs> uh, it, it, it's not anything to to blame on Britney Spears, but yeah. Yeah. So, you know, <clears throat> the human mind likes a slow, steady ramp of progress where you're, yeah. you know, you're getting somewhere, and you know, it's real hard for people who they get woo, all the success. Mm -hmm. Right, at the, right at the beginning there, and then there's no place to go but down. Yeah, you know, uh, I noticed that uh, even at Microsoft. So, um, people who started early at Microsoft and they had stock options, and mm -hmm. then the, those became worth a lot of money. So then a lot of young people retired, <laughs> and then uh, you know, uh, and then one guy after a few years of retirement was bored and started driving a bus. Um, and then uh, the, you know, the school district said like, you know, you're so good at this. We want to make you into the supervisor. And he was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> so people don't always do well when they have so much success in life early, you know, um, uh, that's the end of my Cause it's it's tough, you know. Like we we had um recently we had DC Glenn from Tag Team on, mm -hmm. and remember they shot out the blue with the whoop there it is song, and yeah, and they went to the top, and then nothing for a while. And we were talking to him, and he was like, you know, he's learned a lot in the last twenty year plus years since that's his days. I mean, he's making a comeback and all that with some things as he's in a Geico commercial now with it and all oh, that, yes, you know, yes. but he's, he's learned a lot, a lot in that time, but he mm -hmm. shot through the roof, just like what you're saying. And you too, Gavin, what do you think? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like that, you know, and, you know, in, 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 in one regard, you know, for me, it was, you know, I was I was really blessed, and and you know, I'll 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 talk about uh, how on one end things kind of came to me, and then uh, there's another side where I had to go to it. You know, um, and, mm -hmm. and um, there there is there is a space where, I mean, to be honest with you, most of the the way my life has always worked was I just said, you know, if you do good, good will come. You know, so what's happened is. It's almost like I was blessed to for it, it. It came to me, and then I had to cultivate it while it was there. Like it was my job to maintain what was yeah. brought mm -hmm. to me, you know. And that's the way it works sometimes. Uh, mm -hmm. Will Smith has a saying that says, "If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready." 
So a lot yep. of times, yeah. like, if you just if you're already ready, then what happens is is when that thing comes to you, then then what happens is your responsibility is to uh, apply pressure, apply what yeah. you already have been what you've been prepared anyway. You know, so just apply what you have. And so yeah, because yeah, because it's better to be it's better be prepared with no opportunity than opportunity yeah. and not be prepared. Absolutely, absolutely. And so for me, like everything that I was fortunate enough to obtain and get into, I never had to go after. Like even a record deal. If you notice in my story, I asked him, uh, "Can I call you in a month?" Because <laughs> I wasn't sure if I even wanted to do this. You know, but it came oh, to me. And it's, it's amazing how, you know, there's people out here chasing a deal, <laughs> you know, they're, they're, they'll do anything. I mean, I mean, you know, and, and I was just like, Hey, I, I like my job, you know, I mean, does that put so, pressure on you knowing how many people are trying to chase it? And here is it just comes you, you sit up at night yeah. sometimes like, okay, you got to give more now because of that. Yeah, you know what? You know what, though? The thing about it is I had to, for a minute, I used to feel, every now and then I used to feel bad. I used to feel like, oh, man, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even have to go and give this guy my demo. You know, most guys, I mean, Kenny gets boxes and boxes of music from around the world. You know, Babyface is responsible for about eight, 100, 112 number one hit records. Wow. You know, so he's, 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 you know, you know, his 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 mains are throwing dump boatloads of music into the dumpsters every day. So I, I felt like, oh my God, you know, on one end I felt blessed, like, oh my God, I feel blessed that I I received this phenomenal opportunity. But then on another end, I felt like, wow, you know, uh, that's unfortunate. You know, there's people out here that that may even more be more qualified than I am. You know, that 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 has been sending him music every every month. You know, and yeah. you know, but yeah. you know, I realized I, I I stopped feeling bad because, you know, I realized no gap, you actually did the work that that he appreciated. I actually yeah. learned. I cultivated my voice. I I sang every single day, but I wasn't doing it for a deal. I was doing it because I actually enjoyed singing. And yeah. uh, you yeah. know, my friend that put me in his studio to record. Uh, that was another opportunity that was just given to me. Like, hey, my girlfriend's gone. She's not here to record on the equipment anymore. Can can you do it? And I was like, sure. You know, but and, uh, and, and so, but I realized that uh, it wasn't by chance. It was not luck or coincidence. That I I actually had to remember the part that I played. I Gab, you learned how to sing like that. You actually learned how to deliver like that and execute like that. And and it just happened to be. Uh, at a level that impressed someone at that stature. So, uh, and then as I got further into the music business, I started to just kind of pay attention and learn the uh, the, the ropes even more uh, on on how to deliver as a professional singer and how to stage presence and all these good uh, bells and whistles that come. So, yeah, there there is one side uh, that 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 that. Uh, that sucks because it's like, oh man, you know, it feels like it just came to me. But then on another end, it's like, well, <clears throat> I did, I, I worked, you know, you and did then, the work. And then even when you get into it, there's a rehearsal, there's rehearsal for tours and where you're rehearsing all night long and sweating out of your clothes. And you have your, you have your wins and your losses. You know, you have those things where 
you you uh, you 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 may be shooting for something and it doesn't happen or you know we have mm-hmm. those you know but but overall we consider ourselves blessed it's very fortunate and you know that's just like with our show you know we're um we, we had like that, that explosiveness um like that and all that but we have um but we've gotten a lot of really big people come on our show in a short time so we i get yeah. people emailing me all the time um private message me through facebook like how are you doing this? I mean, because they've been doing what we do for three, four, five years, and they don't have nowhere near the kid. And I'm like, well, first off, I believe in God above, so I think that that's a big part of it. But yes. second, yes. it's the work we've done. You know, you you don't just do 300 interviews in a year and not have anything for it. it it's it's just one of those things. Wow. Yeah. That's not that's not luck. That doesn't just that doesn't just happen. There's something there that's almost like, you know, going to a phenomenal restaurant and they just happen to accidentally make a phenomenal meal. No, there are deliberate ingredients in here that that and and, mm-hmm. and, 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 and quantity sizes and and all of these different proportions that that got that was that 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 that's placed in this that allows it to taste the way that it does, that people can enjoy it. That's mm-hmm. not just some accident. You guys actually did the work. Yeah, because that you know, I'm not gonna say it was easy, but it was definitely fun, and you know, we've been, we've enjoyed this. But there, I'll be honest, there are days to where I tell Sandy, I don't know how much more I can do right now. Because we, you know, like like this week is gonna be a rough week, a little bit for us, um, because we got a CRS week within the country music world, so we got a lot of interviews. So we got like 17 interviews this week, and. And a lot start. We got six tomorrow, which will be the most we ever done in one day. That's right. And now, granted, they're shorter days. interviews. They're not uh-huh. like thirty to sixty minutes. So, so that'll be easier. But it's a lot. It's like back to back to back to back. But I, we enjoy this, and we and we know the ultimate vision of our show is we want to be like a Kelly Clarkson show on TV one day. That's our ultimate vision. So we know we have to just keep doing this work keep reaching out, keep trying to get people like a Randy Travis on. And we're still working on Chanel West Coast. We want to get her on. Um, yes. Don't have to throw that out there. But um, we're, you know, but we're still trying to reach out to the, a lot of these bigger people. And, and slowly but surely, some of them are starting to say yes. And it's been so exciting for us. Yeah. I mean, we're st- a year ago, if you had told us our show would be where it is today, we'd have laughed. Now we're like, oh, God, look at who all we've had on. Yeah, and and, 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 this go, and then yeah. tomorrow we've got the CEO of Chipotle, or the former CEO and founder of Chipotle coming on. We'd have never thought that. Yeah. You know, and here we are just growing. We just we're just putting in the work, putting in the work, putting in the work. Because, again, you know, we're we're doing five to ten interviews every single week like clockwork. And it's been it's been a struggle on the on that side of it because it takes so much out of you. But it's been so much fun, too. It really has. Yeah, how about you guys? You know, where 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 much is where they say where much is given, much is required. You guys, uh, you guys are definitely uh, uh, you guys are obviously giving something that that the community appreciates. You know, and and there's there's something there that 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 allows people to gravitate. And it's your time. It's just your time. And you know, uh, I, I you know I I encourage you guys to keep pushing and uh, keep keep. Uh, cultivating this thing what it, it could it could expand into something else you know that uh that that was never in the plans you know it's just the way life is this was never in the plan it was just going to be a yeah. country music interview show and it's, yeah, and it's expanded wow 
<laughs> so it's you know that's been the craziest part because because our base is country music i mean we had a lot of contacts in nashville so that's where we started and we thought that that's where it would stay but then through the year last year we pivot here we pivot there we pivot there next thing we know we're we went from a country music interview platform to a music platform to now an entertainment platform wow Wow, and that's amazing. It seems I like a, it seems like you're. Go ahead, Dan. Oh, go ahead, Dan. Yeah, I, I was just going to say, perhaps uh, uh, you know, your show is uh, about pe about people and uh, about uh, about uh, life and challenges and growth and things like that. And so, um, it's a relatable show. You know, it's uh, maybe that's why it's got legs. Yeah. Well, we hope it can keep running. <laughs> I, have a, I have a friend, um, um, Michael Gaitan. Uh, she's a, a country music artist as well. She's been doing really well. We we started off, she actually was signed to Babyface. Uh, oh, wow. Oh, and now yeah. She did a, yeah, she, she, uh, she did a show at the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl uh, before uh, the pandemic, and uh, yeah, we know who you're talking about. She's yeah. awesome. My, my, yeah, she's kind of, amazing. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because <laughs> these are people that, like, she's she's someone I kn I've known, and she was just kind of just, we were just buddies, and we were just <laughs> friends, and it was just, you know, I remember her being signed to Babyface, and uh, and 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 uh, we would we would we were just friends, and we would see each other all the time and talk and. She would come to my house and I would go to her house and we, our friends would just, we were, we were buddies with nothing to do, especially because sometimes record labels, you go into those dry spells where you may not be on the biggest tour at the time. You may not be in the studio yeah. or taking pictures or doing videos. Some days you're just doing nothing. There, there's those phases where, and me and me and Michael, we had those, we had a lot of those phases where, you know, uh, there's a section in the, in the year of, uh, uh, fourth quarter, the end of fourth quarter, the music industry shuts down. Everybody mm. leaves, goes to Big Bear and goes on vacation. And, oh, wow. and every year, so me and Michael would just, we would just say, okay, well, what, what are we going to do, you know? And uh, <laughs> it's so amazing and so uh, inspiring to see her soar. She's at the top of her game right now. The fact that I can say her name to you guys and you guys know who, exactly who I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. She's at the, uh, the Hollywood Bowl. And uh, she was up there singing. I was watching her perform. Sold out, a total sold out crowd. And oh, wow. it was a reality moment she had while she's up there singing. She stopped singing. And she could hear all 40,000 people singing, singing her song with her. And she just broke down. She just cried. It was like, I can't believe all of these people know my song. Uh, but that's a, that's a testament to what hard work does when you, when you put in the time. Exactly. Uh, oh, it yeah. seems like it came easy, but she put in the time. So and that's exactly. the inspiring part of it. Now, as y'all know, um, a lot of people, they see the artists, the, the business front man and all that, but they don't see the team that makes them who they oh, are, yes. from the PR so people important. to producers to managers. And I always want to talk about that side because, they, to, in my opinion, they don't get the love they deserve. On our show, they get the love they deserve. So if you want to take a few minutes, both of y'all, just to tell us about the team that helps y'all be who y'all are. And we'll let Dan go first. Yeah, that's great. Because uh, 
uh, that's really appropriate for our business because when the uh, when the front girls are just avatars, uh, <laughs> then uh, no one deserves the credit except for the people behind the scenes, right? Um, so, other than myself, Gavin, and Quentin, um, we have well, uh, just kind of starting in order, we have the uh, the four models that we scanned to make the avatars. Uh, that was down in LA. They were in the photogrammetry dome. Uh, with, uh, you know, uh, 280 cameras, like shooting them at simultaneously from all angles to generate it, uh, to generate a 3D model, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and so that was uh, uh, Leanna Vesey uh, and um, Zenia Giselle and uh, Karen Lee, uh, Su Young Lee uh, and uh, Melinda Maravilla. And then we, we took their 3D models and then we blended them uh, to create unique uh, humans. We didn't we didn't want it to be exactly them. So we took uh, we took 11 percent of of each of them and blended them into the other three uh, so mm -hmm. that uh, so that our uh, avatars would have their own unique faces and bodies. Uh, then, of course, we have the singers. Uh, we have uh, we have uh, one singer for each of the characters. Oh wow! Um, and um, there's uh, Mia Furman, who is the voice of uh, of Amaya Rush. Um, there is uh, uh, Whitney Meyer, who's the voice of Valentina Verse, and uh, Brid uh, Bridget Watanabe, uh, who's the voice of uh, Tara Bang, and then Lindsay Halderson is the voice of Brighter Rhymes. Oh, uh, wow. and, and so on our team, they're all uh, contractors, work for hire singers. Um, and uh, then um, Bridget, uh, who, who is not only a singer, is also on our management team. She's our executive assistant, and she was on American Idol. Uh, uh, season twelve, I think it's been a it, it, it's been a minute, uh, and then since that experience, she's also uh, has a paralegal background, um, and then we have uh, Mitchell Waringa in Atlanta. He is our three D pipeline manager. He's the one who uh, gets the characters together. We have about five regular freelancers who are contributing to you know creating the outfits for the characters and things like that, or uh, having them animating them to do TikTok dances and, and so forth. Um, and then we also have uh, Amber Villasenor, who is our brand manager, because we're really hoping that the avatars will be brands, um, that, each of, that each of the characters, they have certain styles and certain things that they're into. So for, for example, the Tara Bang character, she is, uh, uh, she's into video games. So on on TikTok, she's doing like uh, you know scenes of her playing Call of Duty and uh, other uh, video games. Hopefully, oh, she'll wow. Have, wow. Uh, hopefully she'll have a Twitch channel at some point. Um, <laughs> and so you know, so each of the characters are going to represent uh, certain um, interests and lifestyles. But we want all of that actually to come from our fans, uh, our target fans, our Young people, Gen Z, these are the people who are really going to control society. Uh, 
I think for the better, after COVID, uh, Gen Z is really going to take over. Um, and we want our four characters to just uh, speak for them. Whatever, uh, whatever's important, because these young people, they don't trust brands the way they're, they're not looking for that Campbell soup logo that they love and trust, you know, in the middle of the grocery store. Yeah, uh, to them, trust is earned. Right. So uh, we we actually uh, we have a bunch of young people, college interns who are uh, trying to get our uh, fans organized. And to, oh, wow. so, and so we want to make sure that they're always speaking for our fans. Yeah. Um, let's see. Did I leave anybody out? Uh, yeah, I think that that's. Uh, OK, Gavin's turn. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Speaking, speaking to uh, what you guys were talking about is regarding the, the team behind, you know, the the, the artist. Uh, there, that that definitely plays a major role. And a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, people don't realize the the, the managers and the team behind the act is um, a lot of times the only reason why. There is even an act in the first place. Uh, a lot of times, these artists, I know some. I, I have some friends in the music business who, when I when I first met them, they didn't even. They were just trying to get into something that would keep them out of trouble. They yeah. they, yeah. they were just like, I just need to be busy doing something, you know. Otherwise, I'm gonna just find myself getting into things I should. You know what I mean? So. Mm -hmm. I'll, I'll try music. Well, you know, they realized they had a, uh, the ability to write songs, you know, so now they just, you know, that team comes and you have a person that believes and that knows someone that says, hey, you know, I can get you into the studio. And, and now they're recording demos that they write, you know, and uh, one of my good friends, Keisha Cole, um, she's, she's, she, she just wanted to uh, get into something that would keep her focused. And now she's, you know, she's doing relatively well, but her team behind her is undergirding her and they're holding her up and making sure that uh, she she remains consistent in the public eye. And, uh, you know, a lot of times it's the team that's 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 holding it all together. A lot yep. of times the artist in the front is looking great, sounding great, uh, but they're ready to crumble, you know, and the team <laughs> is holding them together and saying, hey, you can do it. And, you know, when things come loose on one end, we tie together on the other. And we just, we're just constantly, you know, that's how it goes. And uh, that's even what me and me, Dan and Q, our, our team, that we're, what we're doing at, over at Panjandrum, you know, with our team, whenever something is, is uh, needing tweaked or whatever, we have a whole team behind us to make it happen. But, you know, I have a saying where people, no one knows this, knows the, knows the story. They just see the glory, you know. <laughs> People yep. never yeah, know exactly. what happened behind the scenes. They just see the gl the glare and the shine. But it took someone to 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 uh, to uh, people want to be with you in the glory, but not the grind. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, that's kind of what what happens, even with Panjander and with us developing our avatars with ABTR. We went through a lot of uh, uh, excruciating and, and and tedious moments where. You know, tweaking the hair and tweaking the nose and tweaking the eye wow. color and tweaking—it's so many details. But guess what? When it comes out, it looks amazing. And but there's somebody in the back that's wiping his the sweat off of his brow. You know, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they, stayed, they stayed up all night studying his eyes. 
<laughs> wow. Wow. So, but it, but it's, 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 it's always uh, fortunate to see the outcome. But the team is the most important. Yeah. And, you know, speaking of teams, we have a third co-host that we oh, all, our yes, nine-year-old. We, we always bring on to ask yes, a question to each of the guests. Christopher. Sandy's going to go get him. I will get him. And we've got a 23-month-old, almost two-year-old little daughter that yes. when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in the show, too, because we will be a family affair show and always are family affair. Oh, that's wonderful. I love that. <laughs> but, yes, you know. When we first started the show, that was the ultimate goal is, you know, how can we include incorporate our family also into it? Because I don't want it just to be, even though it says the Chris and Sandy show, I don't want it just to be our show. I want a legacy for them. And, and you know, when we first started, we had this idea of what this would be and it's broaden and broaden and broaden. And now I'm like, well, maybe some of the connections are going to are a reason it's happening for maybe him and our daughter down the road. We don't know. I love uh, doing stuff with my kids, and I, it's, the only problem is I get so excited about what they're doing that I ruin it for them, you know? Yeah. Hi, hi, hey. Dana. hi, Dana Garrett. So, uh, what's your favorite food? <sighs> well, for me, it's the, uh, it's the, it's the tuna footlong subway. You know, I think when I moved, I think when I moved here, I was a, when I was 24, I was by myself. I'd never been to a subway. And I just went in and I had that one sandwich and, you know, I never left. I just still makes me feel good. And yours, Gavin? My favorite sandwich? <laughs> or my favorite food, rather. Uh, my yeah. favorite food? Oh, man, you know. That's a good question. I love. I'm. I'm a big soul food fan, especially, especially. Did we lose them? Well, what about that place where you took me, Gavin? Where I almost went into a diabetic coma. You know that. <laughs> wing. What's that place? Roscoe's. 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 Uh, chicken, Roscoe's chicken, and uh, chicken and waffles. Yeah. <laughs> a diabetic coma. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm a big soul food fan. I love I'm really big on flavor and you know <laughs> I'm really big on flavor. I love flavor and uh <laughs> but I again yeah, I'm a big soul food fan. Coming from Kansas City too, you know, it's uh be, being in Los Angeles and away from home. Uh, Los Angeles doesn't have a whole lot of soul food restaurants, so you kind of miss home a bit, you know, and, and that food that you used to have for Thanksgiving. I guess you could say that's my favorite kind of food is Thanksgiving food, the traditional Thanksgiving food, the dressing and the, the turkey and the, the mac and cheese. I'm a really big, you know, that's my, my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> and what's yours? Mine is pizza. Uh, what what I, kind I of toppings? What kind of toppings do you like? Uh, pepperoni and sausage. Mm, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Yeah, and he's got one more. He got one more question. So, uh, what's your favorite TV show? My favorite TV show is just a personal guilty pleasure, uh, which is. 
The Curse of Oak Island. Have you have you ever uh, have you ever watched that show? Hmm. Uh -uh. No, no, I haven't. They're looking for buried treasure, and uh, you know, wow. so so far it's like eight seasons long. You know, yes. and uh, they're on this island. They're digging, and you know, I'll watch a whole episode, and sometimes they'll, they'll find like a button. You know, oh, it's, wow. it's kind of a slow. It's kind of a slow <laughs> show. <laughs> but uh, I guess the reason I like it is because of the people who um it's two brothers they have the whole treasure hunting operation and and just the and just the team that they're all together doing something that they love to do i think that's what makes it fun yeah and how about you gavin yeah my my, my favorite show uh I, I don't watch a whole lot of tv uh uh but i i do catch uh fresh prince of bel-air uh, oh, that used to be one of my favorites back in the day. I love, love that. that. I never heard of that. Yeah. We'll have to show you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're still, yeah, they're still playing those reruns. They're still playing those reruns, and they they come on sometimes at 12, 12 midnight, and you know, right right when you're getting ready to call it the night and go to bed, and it oh, you'll like, like oh, I gotta watch this, you know, <laughs> and and uh, it, 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 I love it. It shows the family and. Uh, Will Smith is an at complete uh, fool on that show. He's hilarious. Yep. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and what's yours? SpongeBob. Yeah, here's a SpongeBob. Yes, he loves SpongeBob. Yeah. That is awesome. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yes. And and what's been cool about this show is you know he he watches a lot of Nickelodeon shows so we've been able to bring out five or six people from his shows on our show and I'm sitting there like I wish I'd had that when I was little you know <laughs> that's awesome yeah yeah very cool yeah. Nice. bye thanks <laughs> yeah good. thank you <clears throat> so as we start thanks, to come to a close here um, what's next for y'all. I think that for for our company, uh, we've released two songs. Uh, we have we have six more um, that uh, are on our release calendar for this spring. And you know, uh, even though we're avatars, we're basically uh, we're a band. So uh, we need we need to build that kind of following. Um, and, uh, of course we can use social media to do that. We're making music videos. We have a, we have a YouTube channel. Uh, if, uh, if anybody would like to follow our progress, you can, um, the Instagram handle for the band is avtr.ai. Please feel free to follow us there. Uh, and, uh, you know, we just want to, we want to, uh, keep building an engaged fan base. Also, it would be great to do some live events, you know, you, it, which is quite possible in the virtual world. You may have seen Travis Scott in Fortnite, and then there was uh, The Weeknd in WaveXR, and uh, now uh, Post Malone, Malone is doing uh, Pokemon, and uh, Lil Nas X did uh, Roblox. So these, these things, these, these video games, are becoming uh, venues 
in the metaverse, you know, and uh, that's, Wow. We, we we would like to be doing some gigs in the metaverse if oh, cool. we can find a place awesome. to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Okay, and you, Gavin? Gavin? Uh, what's next for us? Uh, yeah, that's uh, Dan pretty much nailed it. That's that's where we are. Uh, we're pretty much leaning into uh, uh, just pressing forward and, and and coming up with more content and and uh, and. Uh, just giving the people more of what they what what they need, you know. I think that uh, Dan is is dead on. You know, uh, Gen Z is they're the leading force right now. You know, they are the ones we all got to answer to. <laughs> you know, and yep. uh, mm -hmm. they're the ones that they're in, they're in charge. You know, if, if Gen Z, if that's Gen Z true. Like that's it, very true. <laughs> so <laughs> so we're our, our our I think our primary objective besides uh, getting our girls out there even more is uh, 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 becoming more and more uh, connected and cohesive with Gen Z even more, you know, that we can, uh, we can water that relationship between us and them and give, give the world more, more of what Gen Z approves of. <laughs> I love that. And, you know, we've really enjoyed having y'all on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having y'all back as we close. Awesome. It's been such a pleasure to be here, spend time with you. Yeah, really appreciate it. Thank you. You and guys that, were awesome. Thanks. Oh, and thank y'all have you. a great day. Yes. Thanks for your time. Okay. You too.